Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Crypto Chats. I'm your host, Kenzie Gleason, and this week I've got a really cool episode for you. Um, we're going to circle back to something that I have done uh, previously. We're going to do a part two, um, but before we get into that, I'm just going to you know, say a few things about what's coming up. Um, so first of all, next week I will not have a new episode, unfortunately. Um, so March 31st, I will not have a new one for you. Um, just because I'm moving and that's, uh, the height of my move. So, um, next week is going to be really busy for me and I just, I won't have time, um, unfortunately to put out a new episode, but, um, I will be appearing on the Cryptocasters Clubhouse Room, uh, the Northeast branch of the March Madness. Um, so if you haven't been keeping up with that, um, Cryptocasters is hosted by Greg Morrill of All the Weird. Uh, it's a clubhouse room, and I believe it's like once a month. Um, and this month, the month of March, um, he's been doing March Madness, and there's three teams, um, Mid-South, uh, Midwest and then, um, Northeast. So I'm on the Northeast team, um, and we will be doing our, uh, presentations on Thursday, March 31st. And if you go on Greg's, uh, Clubhouse profile at All the Weird on Clubhouse, you can actually listen to the last two, um, Cryptid March Madnesses, the Mid-South and the Midwest. Uh, both were, were really fun, really cool to listen to. So, um, so yeah, that'll be going on, um, and I will be posting my giveaway from the most recent Coloring Cryptids episode. I was going to do it last week, but I ended up running out of time, so um, I will be doing it this week, well, this upcoming week. <laughs> um, so it'll give, give everyone some time to enter while I um, am moving, and, and we'll draw shortly after that, so... Again, um, if you're not following me on Instagram, you definitely should, um, so you can get notice for all of these fun giveaways um, and events and, you know, things that I'll be doing, like the Cryptid March Madness. Um, so that's at the Crypto Chats Podcast. Um, so keep an eye out there for um, events and clubhouse rooms and giveaways and, and all that fun stuff. Um, so now that I've gotten through... I guess my announcements, um, I will jump into this week's episode. We're going to talk about globsters again. Now I know that globsters are like a really weird topic, um, to be so fascinated by. And I know that like 90% of them are just like whale carcasses, but I just love them for some reason. I don't really know why. I think like maybe it's just like the fact that they're all like so crazy looking. Um, I don't know. Anyway, if you haven't listened to my first episode on Globsters, I would definitely recommend doing that, um, going back and, and checking that out, because the first round of Globsters were really cool. Um, but I got some cool ones for you today, too, so hopefully you guys will enjoy. So without further ado, let's get into it. To break it down in like the easiest way possible, Globsters are basically just carcasses or blobs of flesh that wash up on shores across the world. Um, anywhere you have access to the ocean, um, you're going to find, well, you have the capability of finding a globster. Um, oftentimes they just look crazy and weird because they're bloated, uh, or at some stage of decomposition that, you know, makes them unrecognizable. Um, but every single globster is a little bit different in the way that they look, um, and the circumstances in which they're found which I think is pretty fun. Um, so the first one we're going to be talking about today is the Stronsay Beast. 
Um, and I don't know if I'm saying that right because there's two different spellings of it, but Stronsay, it's S-T-R-O-N-S-A-Y or S-T-R-O-N-S-A. So anyway, let's get into it. The first ever widely reported globster to make waves was found on September 25th, 1808 on the island of Stronsay off the coast of Scotland. The Stronsy beast, as it would later be called, was discovered by a pair of farmers who were out taking a stroll when they came upon this sea serpent-looking carcass. After calling a friend who was a carpenter, the trio measured the beast and it came in at a whopping 55 feet long, but would have been longer had it not been missing, missing a portion of its tail. The initial description is as follows. Quote, its flesh was described as being like coarse, ill-colored beef, entirely covered with fat and tallow, and without the least uh, resemblance or affinity to fish. The skin, which was gray-colored, had an elastic texture and was said to be about two inches thick in parts. Quote. The trio went on to say that the beast measured around four feet wide and had a circumference of about ten feet. That's huge. Um, it had fin-like appendages that were edged with bristles and had a mane of bristles down the back of its body that supposedly glowed in the dark when wet, along with three set of wings. The skin of the creature was smooth if brushed head to tail, but rough and rigid if brushed tail to head. They also added that the contents of the stomach of the creature were red. The National History Society of Edinburgh tried to identify the carcass, but were left stumped, declaring it a new species of sea serpent. Um, a scientist in London named Sir Everard, Everard Home <laughs> would later dismiss the original measurement, claiming there was no way that it could be that large, and it must have been 36 feet long instead, and deemed it as a decomposing basking shark. That theory was then backed in 1849 by a Scottish professor named John Goodsir. At the time, the largest recorded basking shark measured 40 feet in length, so none of the researchers outside of the original witnesses believed the 55-foot measurement. Um, and then for what it's worth, the current record for largest basking shark is 40.3 feet. It was measured in 1851 in the Bay of Fundy, Canada, which is pretty neat. The consensus was that the carcass was simply a basking shark that was bloated, giving it a longer than normal measurement. Though some of the researchers thought it could have been an oarfish, which can grow up to be 60, or 63, 36 rather, feet in length and share a lot of similarities to the basking shark. So that's a really interesting one. The um, original like sketch of it is really horrifying to look at. Um, and if you follow me on Instagram, I will be posting it. I'm sure you would have seen um, already that that'll be in the, the post for this week's episode. It's horrifying. It looks so gross and so weird. Um, what I want to touch on is the fact that um, these measurements are so far off from each other. So we have the original measurement of 55 feet long, um, and then a couple of scientists who basically just said, no, I didn't see it, but you're wrong. It has to be 36 feet long. Um, which to me, that's, that's just weird. I don't, I don't feel like one was right and one was wrong or, you know, like I can't really say who, who was wrong and who was right, but I feel like it's just weird to, to be like, oh, you saw that with your eyes and you measured it with your hands. Well, I'm telling you 20 years later, actually, oh wait, 40 years later, even longer that actually you were wrong and off by 20 feet. I don't know. That just seems weird to me. I do think it was probably a basking shark, though. Um, just based on, like, 
some of the the characteristics that they observed um, on this carcass, I definitely think basking shark fits the most. So yeah, so that's our first um, globster, the Stronsi beast. Um, definitely like one of the, like I said in the beginning of that, one of the first widely recognized globsters. So that's pretty cool. I'm sure there were some before that, but it was one of the first to, to kind of be publicized across the globe. Um, moving on to our next one, we have the Ataka carcass. Um, so let's get into it. In January 1950, a 72-hour long storm ravaged the Gulf of Suez, bringing it with it a mysterious carcass to the port of Ataka, Egypt. The whale-sized creature that washed ashore featured walrus-like tusks jutting out from either side of its mouth and no teeth but a full set of baleen. The carcass also had no eyes and a blowhole. <laughs> Very weird. A large creature that was unidentified fitting this description had been seen swimming along the shore 10 days prior to the storm that washed it up along the beach. Before we go into what the consensus of this carcass was, I just want to touch on the fact that this carcass was first of all huge, absolutely huge, but also had walrus-like tusks coming out the front of it. Um, again, Go look at my Instagram for a photo of the creature uh, because this happened in 1950. There was a photograph of it. Um, it's horrifying looking, absolutely terrifying. Um, so there's there's no doubt, you know, when you look at a picture of something like this, why people looked at it and thought it was a sea serpent. So just really crazy, just like a really crazy looking creature. So anyway... The consensus landed on the carcass being that of a Brutus whale, which is the only species of baleen whale that lives out its entire um, life in tropical or subtropical waters. Um, the walrus-like tusks were said to be part of the whale's mandible, which simply dislodged during decomposition, which even like that as a thing, like that's, you know, obviously solid explanation. But when you look at the picture of it, those mandibles are huge. It kind of, it puts it into perspective a little bit. I think, um, at least I forget often how big whales actually are. Um, until I am reminded and in New England, we've had, you know, where I live in New England, I live near the coast. Um, I've seen plenty of whales wash up on shore and they are so much bigger than you expect them to be. You know, they're big, but you don't know how big until you see one beached and you're like, wow, that's terrifying. Um, so just, you know, add to that, it's mandibles sticking out of its face and, you know, its eyes are gone and it just is scary looking, absolutely terrifying looking. So moving on to our next lobster, we have the Conakry monster. Let's get into it. On the shores of Guinea, Africa, in May of 2007, one of the most bizarre-looking globsters washed up on shore and stumped residents across the area. The globster featured an armored back, a gaping mouth, a long tail, four paws, and was completely covered in fur. The entire back of the creature was black, but in a way that looked cracked and burnt as if it had been charred and met its end by fire. Theories began to run wild about the origin, some believing that it was a monster turtle without its shell, the rotting corpse of an undiscovered species of whale, or even the corpse of a woolly mammoth. The carcass disappeared mysteriously overnight before any real research could be done on it, so all conclusions from the initial discovery and on were based on the photos uh, captured of it. So before um, we go into the consensus, 
Um, let's just talk about that for a second. So this thing, and again, the photo is in the Instagram post. This thing looks like a giant turtle. It looks like the biggest turtle you could ever imagine, except instead of a shell, it's got this weird, um, like charred look to it. So, you know, the way it cracked and the way it, it kind of washed up, it, it looks very much like a turtle shell. Um, but it's not, you know, it's, it's charred fur essentially. Um, so that is literally crazy. Um, when I first saw the picture of this one, I thought it was a giant turtle. I won't lie. Um, but not very much research was ever done on it because it did disappear. Um, here's the thing though. When it comes to like beached ocean animals, um, it does make like a little bit of sense for them to like, maybe not mysteriously disappear, but disappear overnight for sure. Uh, because this is like, <laughs> this is one of those like terrifying things about the ocean that I think about all the time is that when a, an animal from the ocean washes up on shore, especially big animals like whales or dolphins or basically anything large, that has to be like disposed of pretty quickly because they end up with like a bunch of gases building up inside of them because of the different pressure and they explode. They literally explode. Um, and I wish I was kidding, but I'm not, and it's disgusting. And they already smell, if you've ever smelled a beach whale, they already smell so heinous. Um, so imagine that then blowing up and all of its insides being out, um, nice and like decomposing flesh, just like strewn about the beach. It's disgusting. Um, so when they find, you know, carcasses and, and big animals like this washed up on shore, they generally dispose of them pretty quickly. Um, a couple of years back, there was a whale that um, had washed up on the shore of Rye, New Hampshire. Um, and I had just been driving down the beach, just happened to be going uh, past it that day. And um, I saw all this commotion and stopped because I wanted to know. I'm a nosy gal. I wanted to know what was going on. Um, so I stopped and sure enough, there was a beached whale. Um, and it, you know, it was dead. So it wasn't well, it was sad, but it wasn't as sad as it could have been. Uh, and they wouldn't let anyone get within a couple hundred feet of it because it was, like, about to explode at any moment. Um, and they ended up having to tow it back into the water um, and, you know, letting it sink to the bottom of the ocean because that's all really they can do at that point. Because if it explodes, it's going to cause, you know, a ton of damage to people or <clears throat> things. I guess, and uh, truthfully, it's better for it to just to um, sink to the bottom and you know decom decompose. Excuse me, there anyway. It's just more you know it's better for for the the animals that feed on that and the environment and stuff. So anyway, but yeah, no, literally they have to dispose of them like pretty quickly or else they're going to explode, which is horrifying. So that's not like super crazy mysterious, but. Um, generally when things wash up on shore like that they do try to do a fair bit of research on it before it gets disposed of to try to figure out why it ended up there because um, a lot of time like big animals like that ending up on the shore is is sign of something going horribly wrong in the surrounding ocean so that's just that's my two cents on that it was a horrifying looking creature though so definitely make sure you check out the um Instagram post about it because this one is is really crazy looking um, So yeah, so anyway the black charring effect is supposedly normal in the decomposition of ocean mammals 
Um, this is the first case that I have ever seen um, that I just have come across that I've seen this in, uh, but that's not really, you know, to say that that's not true. Um, just because I've never experienced it in my research doesn't mean it, it doesn't happen. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, realistically, this one was just a decomposing whale, um, but there was never an actual consensus with this, especially because it was disposed of so quickly. Um, so there, there never really was like a conclusion reached on it. So, um, so yeah, so I guess for now we'll just say, we'll just say decomposing whale. <laughs> All right. And on to our last globster of this episode. This one is, is one of the cooler ones, honestly. Um, I was doing this, like this research writing up this episode and I was like, this one's actually kind of neat. Um, not because it looks super crazy, but just because it's an interesting story. So, uh, let's get into it. We're talking about Gambo. So on June 12th, 1983, a 15-year-old named Owen Burnham was out for a walk with his family when he discovered a carcass washed up upon the shore of Bungalow Beach um, off of the Gambia River. Burnham was a huge wildlife enthusiast, so when they initially discovered the carcass, he took measurements of the creature's body, along with a detailed sketch of it since he did not have a camera available to him at the time. He would later mention that he didn't think to take a sample until he realized later that he could not identify the creature with his books. Um... I just want to say shout out to Owen for that, because that's like, you know, any of us who go out into the woods and find something weird would do the same thing. We, you know, would take measurements and make a sketch of it. And, you know, well, now we all have iPhones, so we'd take a picture of it, too. But that's really cool. And that's like, I feel like exactly what you should do when you find something crazy and weird washed up on the shore. So moving on. The carcass altogether was around 15 feet long and five feet wide with a long beak, uniform teeth and small eyes. There were two pairs of flippers, one in the front and one in the back, um, and one of the back flippers was pretty badly damaged and almost torn off, revealing some of the innards of the creature, which is very gross. There was no fin on the top of the body, and the tail was long and pointed. There was almost no decomposition on the carcass, and its skin was smooth and brown on top with a white underbelly. Um, this is like part of the reason like that I was so interested in this initially is that description, because... When you start to listen to it, 15 feet long, 5 feet wide, long beak, uniform teeth, small eyes. It sounds very dolphin-like. Um, but two pairs of flippers, one in the front, one in the back. That's really weird because most dolphins only have one pair of flippers in the front. I say most and not all because I am not a dolphin expert. And doing just like a surface level of research, it seems like most, like almost all dolphins only have one set of flippers. But... Again, not a dolphin expert, and I did not deep dive into the history of dolphins for the sake of this. Um, so I think that's weird. Um, but also a pointed tail is so weird because there are almost no ocean animals, um, especially ones that fit this description, that have a pointed tail. Dolphins don't have a pointed tail. Dolphins have a very, like, how do I describe this, this shape? Very crescent tail. Right, they got a they got a little flippy boy, um, and they have a top fin, which, again, this um, carcass that was found does not have a top fin. So all in all, it's just a really really weird um, shape for a creature. You know, it's not to say that maybe the top fin was missing or uh, you know anything like that. Just because based on the initial observation, there was no top fin ever to be found. Um, especially with the note that we have about one of the back flippers being almost torn off to the point where you could see some of the insides. I feel like you'd be able to tell if there was a top fin at some point because there'd be some amount of scarring. 
Um, but yeah, very, very weird. I just like the fact that the top of it was what there was almost no decomposition, which is crazy. But then also like it's brown on top of the white underbelly that is very a very similar coloration to um, a couple different kinds of dolphins. But everything else about it does not scream dolphin. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to move on to this last part before I get too derailed so that you can at least have all the information. So according to Owen Burnham, the local villagers referred to the carcass as a dolphin on account of the fact that it looked like a dolphin. Uh, Personally, I think it looks like a love child of a dolphin and a penguin. Anyway, it eventually got the name of Gambo since it was found in the Gambia River. Um, This is really sad, but Gambo was decapitated by the locals and its head was sold to to tourists, um, which is upsetting. And then its body was buried, and all attempts to locate it have proved unsuccessful. Um, and at this point, this was, you know, 40 years ago. So um, Gambo is probably, hopefully at this point, has decomposed. Um, I say hopefully because if it hasn't, that would be scary. But, yeah, I just, that is so interesting to me because that is one of the few globsters, I think, that has ever been discovered that could potentially be something we didn't know existed. Um, I, a lot of them are seen as, as sea serpents because they, you know, were something that we didn't know of at the time, but eventually we figured it out, right? Like eventually we found out what a basking shark was. Eventually we, we discovered, um, you know, what a brutish whale was. And if you remember the first episode, eventually we found out what a monkfish was. We figured out different types of angler fish. Um, you know, so like a lot of the, a lot of them, most of them we have at least, like, confirmed what that creature is since it happened. But with Gambo, we kind of haven't. There hasn't really been um, a definitive explanation um, as to what Gambo was. So I just, I wish that that we could have found Gambo's body. You know, I wish that it could have been um, located, and I also wish that the locals had not decapitated it, because I, I think it would have been really, really cool to study this this creature. Um but yeah, I mean, what can we do? It's nothing, nothing we can do about it now, unfortunately. So yeah, that's what I have for you guys for this week. A um, couple new globsters, super interesting. If you haven't listened to the first episode, I would definitely say go back and listen to it, um, just because there are a lot of really cool globsters in that episode too. Um, and yeah, hopefully at some point you'll get a part three. You guys know I just love the globsters. I don't really know why, but I love them a lot. So yeah, that's this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Again, I will not have a new episode out next week, um, March 31st, unfortunately, um, because of my move. But again, you can catch me on the CryptoCasters Clubhouse, Cryptid March Madness for the Northeast team. Um, Come and make some noise for, you know, your favorite New Englanders, um, because we're going to kill it. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I will see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram for more details about, um, our upcoming giveaway and pictures from this week's episode. Um, it's going to be a lot of cool stuff on there. So again, thank you for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye.